The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Wednesday edition of The Yard. By the time many of you hear this, I'll already be on my way to Fort Worth, Texas. Barring a late change, I can tell you that as of uh, Tuesday evening, we are expected to play on Thursday in the Armed Forces Bowl against the University of Tulsa. Now, many of you say, well, Steve, why would you say that? Well, I say that because uh, every preceding bowl, with the exception of the Cotton Bowl that involves an SEC team, uh, has been either rescheduled or canceled or some reshuffling done, shall we say, as you guys are well aware. Tennessee was expected to play West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl. The day after the bowl pairings are announced, they opt out due to, quote, COVID-related issues. Now, I'm sure there may be some issues with that, but Tennessee has bigger issues uh, than the virus. I don't know that I fully appreciate uh, their situation. Don't have all the information, but I do know with all the NCAA buzz and all of the uh, internal investigation that's going on about improper benefits up there, probably not good for Tennessee to play in a bowl game. I'm sure that would lead to even more media scrutiny So Tennessee opts out. Well, then shortly thereafter, the Music City Bowl between Missouri and Iowa was canceled. Missouri, of course, uh, you know, Roundtree opts in, says he's going to play because he felt like that uh, he was robbed of the opportunity last year because you remember the NCAA upheld a postseason bowl ban for Missouri. They did not uh, make the bowl picture last year. So he wanted to have the opportunity to play in a bowl game with his teammates. Well, two other guys do opt out. They do have some COVID issues. And they did dip below the 53-man threshold, but they were beneath that when they played Mississippi State as well. They had 52 scholarship players when they came to Starkville. Mississippi State, of course, wins that game in convincing fashion. And then on Tuesday morning, we began to get some reports that the Texas Bowl between Arkansas and TCU was on the verge of being canceled. You all saw the video on Twitter of uh, 10 buses pulling away from the football complex there in Fayetteville without players, without equipment, because of some COVID-related issues with TCU. Now, Arkansas has been rocked with that most of the year. You know, they got off to the hot start and they played pretty well, and then they began to have some injuries and some COVID issues kind of built up on them. Even Sam Pittman uh, missed some time. Arkansas, obviously, not the same team in the second half of the year as they were the first half. I finished the year with a 3-7 and seven record. You may recall early on, a lot of people thought, wow, Arkansas could be a, kind of a Cinderella story this year. Didn't work out that way, and now their season ends without the opportunity uh, to play in a ball game. Now, you may not know this. 
Arkansas has not played in a bowl game since the 2016 Belk Bowl. So it's been a long stretch. So that program, that fan base, could certainly have used the extra game win or lose. So all of that got me thinking. Are we on the verge of having our bowl game canceled? So I reached out to a couple people, and here's what I learned. After the second round of testing, Tulsa and Mississippi State are good to go. There will be a third round of testing on Wednesday, which is the travel day. So they'll test everybody, and then if there are any issues, it'll be addressed. And so, you know, what happens if there are some extensive COVID issues at Tulsa? Or for that matter, Mississippi State. You recall, Mike Leach let the Bulldogs go home for Christmas. For many of them, it was their first trip home in six months. It's a calculated risk. But also understand, too, had we not done that, we might have seen some players opt out because a lot of guys are kind of tired and wanted to get, you know, their their feet under mama's table and that sort of stuff. And so you, you kind of remove the risk of that happening, but you also kind of open up the team for possible infection. So they come back. They're tested on uh, Sunday, I believe it was. Maybe it was Saturday. They tested over the weekend. We're good. We tested again on Tuesday. We're good. Or Monday, excuse me. And, uh, and so we'll get one more round of testing. And then if things go well, we'll both get on airplanes and we'll fly to Fort Worth, Texas, and we'll play a ball game. And so I'm not aware of anything at this point that is brewing or pending. I don't think there is an announcement they're withholding. But you have to, again, address the possibility, the fact that this final round of testing uh, could, you know, eliminate some players from the available rosters on either team. And I don't say that to alarm you. I'm just trying to explain the process to you because this time yesterday – Arkansas fans were expecting to uh, to get ready to go see their team play in the Texas Bowl. And then they've had the rug kind of pulled out from under them through no fault of their own. Now, we've battled through these COVID issues much of the season, so I feel like we're probably going to be okay. Now, I'm, to be honest with you, I think as long as Mike Leach has got 22 players, he's going to go play. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I think left up to Mike Leach, we're going to go play a football game. We, we have played two games already with less than 50 scholarship players. And if I'm not mistaken, we were right at 50 uh, for the Missouri game. And so we're used to being shorthanded. And uh, unless somebody steps in and says, hey, you can't go play, uh, Mike Leach and his staff, I believe they're going to push through and play a ball game. And as he mentioned on Monday, that he doesn't think that Mississippi State's desire to play football has been diminished at any point this season. They've battled through some real adversity. They're ready to go play a game. They're ready to close out the season with some positive momentum, winning a couple ball games here to close out the, the string. Uh, but uh, but that's something to be mindful of today as you guys kind of push through your day and you sort through your Twitter feed and Facebook. You'll probably see at some point that, hey, the Armed Forces Bowl is a go or the Armed Forces Bowl is a no. And again, at this point, there is no reason to expect the game to be canceled, but there is that final round of testing. So I want to make sure that you're fully aware of that. Make sure you understand that uh, Wednesday is kind of decision day for this bowl game. And I think it's important that you guys kind of know the process behind that. And so it's not as simple. I I mean, I wrote the article and people are like, well, I don't understand. Well, I'm trying to explain it to you. And if you read the article instead of reading the headlines, you'd understand. I explained everything that I just told to you in about six or 700 words. There have been some other games canceled, many of them not related to the SEC team 
but there have been some games that have been canceled. And who would want to be Florida at this point? I believe their top four receivers have opted out or now preparing for the draft. And you got to go play a potent offense like Oklahoma. It's going to be a difficult day. It's going to be a difficult day. And it's one of the things I thought about shortly after Florida lost the SEC title game. You know, if I'm Kyle Trask's agent or parent or whatever, I, I might say, hey, listen, you got nothing left to prove. The only thing that could happen in the Cotton Bowl is, you'll, you know, that, that is negative. You could go out there and have a bad showing, but I don't think that impacts his draft status in any way whatsoever. I think he's proven that he is uh, probably a first-round draft pick. But you know what? What if you go out there and you're playing with some guys and, uh, and you get banged up and you get hurt? And all of a sudden you, uh, you know, you're derail your training as you prepare for the NFL Combine, which is the most important job interview many of these players will ever have. But I do commend him for playing, but I don't think he has anything to gain from playing. I really don't. I know that the University of Florida is very special to him. You know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, listen, won a job and sent Felipe Franks to Arkansas. So that's something to consider as well. But uh, that's kind of where we stand today. That'll be your first bowl game involving an SEC team. That'll take place uh, Wednesday night. It'll be Oklahoma and Florida, and the Mississippi State will open up on Thursday. Now we're the only SEC game on Thursday. And then we'll hopefully we'll go over there and win a ball game, and then we'll hustle back and get ready to watch some really cool football this weekend, right? I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like I was watching the um, – you know, the, I watched the Texas game. I watched the Oklahoma State game um, a little bit earlier against Miami. I was kind of pulling for Miami. I, I like Manny Diaz. I really do. But uh, I'm not ready for college football to end. You know, like I read some of these people that are like, oh, I'm just so exhausted. The season's gone on so long. Well, listen, we're always playing bowl games this time of year. It's just we usually get that holiday break to kind of whet the appetite again. You know, we finish on Thanksgiving, and then we kind of have a month off. And then we're kind of excited to get back into that, you know, that celebratory uh, bowl season. We're, we're kind of pulling for all the SEC teams, and it seems like there's a ball game on every night these days. But uh, I'm not ready for college football to end. It is going to end here in a couple weeks. Uh, my hope is, is that we get to play one more game and earn one more victory, and we can end the year on a high note. I know you all share that same sentiment. And uh, so we're going to break down Tulsa today and kind of preview the bowl game and and kind of what to look for, who to look for, uh, what you should expect when the uh, the Golden Hurricane is on offense or defense. So that's kind of our focus today. Your focus every time that you go to Starkville or Tupelo is to go to Bulldog Burger Company. I know there's some great shopping options and some great dining options around. You're not going to find a better place to break bread than Bulldog Burger Company. And if you're looking at a place to go maybe have a uh, you know an early lunch on Thursday, go to Bulldog Burger Company. Go watch a ball game. Take an extended lunch. Go early. Maybe even uh, take the day off, have an adult beverage. You can do that. You can have it, make a family outing, whatever you'd like to do. Make it a date night destination for yourself. Bulldog Burger Company has two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Star Vegas and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Have the spring rolls. No matter how big your party is, whether it's two people, four people, eight people, Get enough to go around. It makes everybody better looking, and we all need more of that. You have a great restaurant-quality hamburger, and I'll tell you, I've never had a bad meal at Bulldog Burger Company. It doesn't matter if I get the sweet heat chicken sandwich or I get the BLT salad, which I had most recently, uh, or the Smokehouse, the Lauren, the Bryant. You just can't go wrong. And one of the cool things about it, too, is they'll kind of make it how you want it. If you want a burger on a regular bun, they can do that. They can give you a gluten-free bun. They can give it to you on a bed of lettuce, whatever you'd like to do. And maybe you're, you know, you say, Steve, listen, 
the kids like the burgers and fries. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the salad. You know what? I've never completed a salad, ever, at any point. I've never, ever had the BLT salad and put that whole thing away. And I don't think you will either. I think that's kind of a challenge for you right now. Go have that BLT salad and see if you can put the whole thing away. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's talk about this Tulsa offense. They're not very impressive offensively. And that's one of the things you look at scoring-wise. They have... Uh, They've only scored 218 points on the year. That's in eight games. But uh, in a couple of those games, they, they really struggle to score. But, uh, but yet, they have been very competitive in every game. So they, they're always within striking distance, and they take all these games to the fourth quarter. Every single game has gone to the fourth quarter, even the games they lost. As I told you guys earlier in the week, Oklahoma State had to score 13 points in the fourth quarter to win the game. And then Cincinnati had to kick a last-second field goal to win the AAC championship. And so those are their two losses. And it went down to the fourth quarter. So I expect a full fourth-quarter fight with these guys. I expect a very well-coached team. I know Coach Montgomery, Philip Montgomery over there. They're all kind of from that Art Bryles tree that kind of found roots there at Stephenville High School. Uh, there in Texas. Many of these guys have uh, are very connected to that. They've worked for Art Browse. They're going to run a lot of the same concepts that Baylor ran that Art Browse kind of made famous with RG3. A lot of bubble screens. Uh, not as much quarterback runs. They want to kind of line up and throw it a little bit, but um, they do run it pretty well between the tackles. They're not ex- especially explosive. They just kind of grind you out. They want to shorten the game and limit your offensive possessions. That's one of the reasons they've been able to take these games to the fourth quarter is they, they really don't want to get in a shootout with you. That's why I think if Mississippi State can come out and get a fresh and hot start, we can make them somewhat one-dimensional. I think if you put the game into Zach Smith's hands, who is the quarterback uh, at Tulsa, you've got a chance – to maybe get a little separation. That's easier said than done, considering what they've done this year uh, against their opponents. They've been able to kind of prevent teams from getting separation. But if we come out and maybe we script it pretty well and go down and and maybe get a couple scores in the first quarter, maybe we kind of get them out of their offense a little bit, and if we get in that second half, we can kind of put the game in the lap of Zach Smith, who's completing, I think, 55.8% of his passing. That's not an exceptional number, as you guys know. Uh, really, anything less than 60% can, you know, kind of you know, raises an eyebrow or two. So let's break this thing down if we can. Uh, again, Tulsa, a team that's difficult to kind of figure this thing out here. And, and here's we talk about getting a fast start. In eight games this year, Tulsa has scored a combined 12 first quarter points. Slow starters, but they have been strong finishers. 54 points in the second quarter. And then second half is really when things take off, 72 in the third, 71 in the fourth. And that's what good coaching does for you. They make good halftime adjustments. So, again, notoriously slow starters. And with Will Riders at quarterback, we've actually done a really good job at first quarter scoring. So maybe we have an opportunity to kind of build a lead there and then hopefully get some separation there in the second half. But uh, that's something to really watch. Let's look at this uh, running game here before we kind of get – too deep in offense. It's that they really distribute the carries very evenly. Now Corey Taylor II is been a little more effective than the other guys. Then Eric Prince probably a little more explosive. He has the long uh, 62 yard run 
uh, to his credit, where Corey Taylor's longest, 31, uh, T.K. Wilkerson, 24. But none of these guys have really set the woods on fire. They really do a running back by committee type thing. Corey Taylor, 85 carries for 459 yards and three touchdowns, averaging 5.4 yards a carry. That's impressive. Uh, Deneric Price, 80 carries, 434 yards, also 5.4 yards a carry and three touchdowns. T.K. Wilkerson, 80 carries for 317 yards, uh, a four-yard average. And so this is a a team here that pretty much uh, you give them two carries, they can move the chains for you. And, again, they just want to kind of grind it out for you and do some ball control stuff. They want to get you running side to side, which kind of opens up that running game for them. Again, they spread some things around, but by and large, it's going to be those three guys that are moving the chains. Those are the guys that they're going to kind of focus on. Uh, Zach Smith, really not a threat to run, just 26 carries for a negative 63 yards on the year. Uh, you know, th- that's not what we're used to. Even in this league, I mean, you know, guys like uh, Kellen Mond and others, uh, you know, they find a way to – they're not necessarily plus runners, but they can make you pay when things break down. That's not really the case with Zach Smith. Uh, Corey Taylor will wear number 24. Uh, Deneric Price is number eight. T.K. Wilkerson, number 21. Those are your three that, – that's your three-headed monster there in the Golden Hurricane backfield. Again, real blue-collar type guys, nothing real flashy about them. Interesting, uh, I was on the conference call earlier this week, uh, the Zoom call with Corey Taylor – He's a bit of a renaissance man. He also he has already kind of got his post-football life kind of planned out. He is uh, in the music industry, already has uh, plans to, uh, uh, to to release an album, and then uh, has a music label already functioning, and he's already signed a couple of artists. And so this is a guy that, uh, listen, uh, can do a lot of things. He hadn't just hitched his entire wagon to his football abilities. And, again, not a great year for him, but a very productive player uh, in this offense. Uh, we mentioned Zach Smith earlier. Zach has started all eight games. He has had some injuries. He had a torso injury in a ball game against Navy, and he had a lower leg injury later in the year. So he has missed some time, but he has started all eight games, 121 completions and 217 attempts, eight interceptions and just a 12 touchdowns, 1,600 yards passing. They do throw it a little more than they run it, uh, effectively here. They've rushed for 1,315 yards and thrown it for 1,928. So pretty balanced, but a little skewed more on, uh, you know, the, the passing side of things. Uh, Zach Smith's averaging 200 yards a game. So it's not necessarily a prolific offense. They just want to kind of keep you honest and grind things out. Uh, Davis Brin has kind of been the backup of choice whenever Zach Smith's gone down 19 of 29 on the year for 268 yards and a couple touchdowns. He's the future, I believe. So let's look at receiving here. Uh, And again, pretty well distributed up and down. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get... A three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. 
You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out, so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. On the depth chart here. Probably the guy that you need to probably put Martin Emerson on is Keewan Stokes. Keewan Stokes is a guy that uh, – Josh Johnson's another guy too, but Keewan Stokes leads them in receiving. He wears number two, 527 yards, averaging 65 yards a game, got a couple touchdowns, uh, 37 catches. But Josh Johnson also with 37 uh, is kind of a part-time starter, 495 yards, six touchdowns. He's the big play threat. Where's number 13? You'll see him a lot. Juan Carlos Santana. Man, I love that name. He should go into to music. Juan Carlos Santana, where's number five? And, uh, again, a very productive player for them. Uh, you know, throughout the year, 30 grabs, 432 yards, four touchdowns. Sam Crawford Jr. kind of rounds out the top four there with 24 grabs, 333 yards, and one score. So, again, nobody necessarily prolific there. 
You know, Mississippi State's got, I think, what, six receivers now with over 40 catches. They don't have a single player over 40 catches, but it's really a product of that offense. You know, they, they want to try to get some chunk plays down the field. They want to, again, spread you out to kind of open up things in the run and then hopefully hit a ball, uh, you know, down the field. But they just don't simply have, you know, the numbers that kind of demonstrate that they're, they're a chunk play type offense. Um, you know, Keelan Stokes averaging 14.2 yards a catch. Josh Johnson, 13-4. You know, so, you know, they're moving the ball around a little bit, but it's not like many of the wide receiving uh, cores that we have seen uh, this year at Mississippi State. We have obviously, you know, obviously Ole Miss has some very productive players, Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Uh, some of those matchups have gone pretty well for the Bulldogs secondary, and some have not. And so it'll be interesting to see what Zach Garnett does with the Bulldog safeties, we're uh, hopefully getting some guys back. That's been the talk all week is that we're in much better shape than we have been the last six weeks. And, you know, Jordan Davis has played some at defensive end. Uh, Ty Wheat obviously has kind of uh, taken over since he's come back. And I'm eager to see what these Bulldog linebackers can do. I think they're going to have a difficult time running against us. And listening to Philip Montgomery talk on Monday, I kind of got the same sense from him that – he understands how good Mississippi State is against the run, and that's really what they want to do. I mean, at running the football is job one. Establishing the run is job one for them. And uh, I think that's something they're going to have a very difficult time to do. Again, th- this is not you know, Tank Bigsby or Isaiah Spiller that we're going to be, be, be facing. The, again, these are kind of blue-collar, three-star guys that have kind of worked their way through this thing. Not real flashy, but not falling behind. And so – I don't know that that explosive element really exists there. And so if State can kind of bottle them up and then get some separation, I think the pass rush can really get to Zach Smith. Now, Zach Smith was a guy that, you know, signed on with Baylor and then transferred to Tulsa. And so he is not a guy that, uh, you know, he's not just some late bloomer. He's not some guy that just has kind of uh, made a good life for himself. This is a guy that was, uh, you know, he, he was considered a dude at some point in his career. And I think it's important to kind of respect that. This is a guy that has come from a winning program. This is a guy that expects to win football games, and he's a guy that takes care of the football. Those are the things that I think about when you think about fifth-year senior quarterbacks. You know, they don't typically make a lot of mistakes, and that's kind of where we are with Zach Smith. This is an experienced guy. This is an experienced roster. You know, this is not a team – and listen, they haven't done exceptionally well the last few years – uh, and there were a lot of people that wanted to fire Philip Montgomery last year. And for many of these players, it's their first bowl games. You know, they're going to be absolutely jacked for it. And for, you know, Zach Smith, this is uh, – yeah, I guess he could conceivably come back. But, you know, he's a Grandview, Texas guy. Uh, was a starter for them last year. But, uh, you know, played 19 games in 16 and 17 at Baylor and was the starter in 10 of those games. This is a guy that was a starter in the Power Five transferred to Tulsa in 18, sat out, and then played and started all 12 games in 2019. Threw for 3,279 yards. This guy's capable. He hadn't really shown it this year, you know, less than 50% of his production from a year ago. Uh, not quite as efficient, but he did have uh, five 300-plus-yard passing games. So he has it within him. I don't know if the injuries have limited him or the fact that they're having to play, you know, uh, you know, an abbreviated schedule. I mean, we're all dealing with the same craziness. But uh, this is a guy, that, again, I, I, I think you look at his numbers this year and you think he's a little bit pedestrian, that he's more of a game manager. 
But this is a guy that was recruited to go run a very prolific offense at the University of Baylor. So he certainly has that big playmaking potential. It may be the cast of characters around him. Perhaps you know, that's the situation, or maybe it's the offensive concept as a whole. But again, a lot of these concepts are pretty similar to what they ran at Baylor. And perhaps the supporting cast around him just hasn't allowed him to be the prolific passer at some thought. But it's going to be an interesting matchup. And uh, again, this is, again, a veteran team that's, that's – found a way to win this year and uh, they're excited about their opportunity to go play Mississippi State and represent the AAC and hopefully go get a win over an SEC team they don't care that we're three and seven they just see that SEC logo and think you know what this is a chance to prove ourselves you know we talk about these guys kind of you know building towards something this year you know Philip Montgomery has been there I guess since 15 and uh, you know they come in here and they go they they go Six and seven, they lose Independence Bowl after a six and six regular season. And then in 2016, they put the whole thing together. They go 10 and three and then win the Miami Beach Bowl. And then life is great. Well, they reach the end of a talent cycle. So they're rebuilding the next year. They go two and 10, just one and seven in the AAC, three and nine and 18, and then four and eight in 2019. So three pretty much abysmal seasons where they want to combine five conference games. And so a lot of people wanted Philip Montgomery gone. Well, they bounced back. They bounced back this year. They had to really work, struggle to go get some games, you know, because of, you know a lot of people were just playing a conference-only schedule. And they were able to go get a couple ball games and uh, listen, you know, played the AAC schedule and played it pretty well. Again, a six and two record, so it's a big turnaround for them. But again, this is a veteran team that um, has a load of seniors, so you're not going to be able to trick them. Maybe like you have some other teams, you know, in the non-conference, and so. I'm eager to see what they look like offensively and what Zach Arnott does to kind of confuse them. It is interesting the Golden Hurricane runs a 3-3-5 alignment too, so it's not something that's totally foreign to that staff. They kind of understand the nuances of the scheme, and so that offense has obviously seen that in scout many, many times before. All right, let's get to today's top ten list brought to you by the folks at MyBookie. You guys know if you want to have some skin in the game, the best place to do it is at MyBookie. Go to mybookie.com, use promo code BONEYARD, and they'll match your deposit up to 50%. That's right. If Let's say, Steve, I got 200 bucks I can throw around with. That's cool. You deposit at 200, they're going to give you an extra 100 bucks to play with. So right out of the gate, you're playing with house money. The NBA is back in session. Bowl season is here. MLB will be here before you know it. There's plenty of things to bet on and bet for. And a lot of you guys like to have something more than just a rooting interest. You like to have a bit of an investment. You can do that at my bookie. they got a lot of specials for players, and I encourage you, if you're one of those folks that likes to have some, some something riding on the outcome, maybe that final score is just not enough for you. Maybe you need the money line. Uh, maybe there's several other things that you're considering. My bookie's the best place to do it. Again, go to mybookie.com. Use promo code Boneyard to unlock your offer uh, to play with a little house money. 50% of that initial deposit uh, matched just by being a Boneyard listener. Okay, so I promised you guys now for a week that we're going to do a country music legend, and we are. I get some comments from time to time. People say, Steve, I don't, I don't really have a suggestion for a top 10 list, but uh, you don't hardly do any country. Now, I will promise you, I am not nearly as well-versed in country music as many of you are. There were many times in my life that I despised country because it is very simplistic in its arrangement. It's not Musically, to me, it's just not very pleasing. I know many people enjoy it because 
you know, your neighbors can play it. You can go down to the local bar and a lot of people can play it. And it sounds much like the original, but not in this case. There are not a lot of people that can pull off George Strait. And so one of the cool things about music is, you know, you you hear certain songs and it takes you back to a place in time in your life and it reminds you of people. And many of these songs today, I said, I remember, I remember when I first heard this, where I was, who I was with. I remember this person used to listen to this song all the time. Uh, George Strait, I think we can all agree, he is absolutely real country. There is such a debate about that these days. There are a lot of people that use these bass lines and have all these uh, you know, top 40 pop songs, and they use the word girl a lot. Uh, not George Strait. George Strait is the real deal. And that's one of the things that I respect the most about George Strait is he is true to the genre. I, I'm, listen, I love all music, and I respect all people that can write songs that make people feel something. George Strait has a song for every occasion, absolutely every occasion. So here, here is my top 10 George Strait list. Uh, your list may be different, and your list would be wrong. And that's the thing, too. That's the great thing about America is you have the right to be wrong, right? And so many people exercise that regularly, especially when it comes to choosing the right college. But um, here we go. Here are a few honorable mentions. Uh, and when a guy's got over 50 number one songs, you're going to leave out some good ones. So I know... This is what this list that kind of makes me a little bit nervous. You know what I'm saying? Because fans of George Strait are very passionate. So, Steve, how in the world could you leave out this song? Well, you know, I might not know it the way you do. You know, I would ask you the same thing. It's like, you know, why didn't you go share the Ronnie James Dio list, right? The Ronnie James Dio list is a great list. But here's the George Strait list. So here are a, uh, a few honorable mentions. Does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? You look so good in love. That was a huge hit early on. I nearly put that one in the top ten list, but I just I liked a few songs a little bit better towards the back end of the list. That's a great track, man, and it's great lyrics. And um, that's the thing about George. I told you he's got a song for every occasion. It seems like every any potential relationship issue you'd have, George has already covered it for you. Especially this one. Nobody in his right mind would have left you. Because George wasn't in his right mind when he left. I mean, again, it's a great song. It's a great title. And, and we've all been there at some point. You, you make some mistake. You end a relationship you probably shouldn't have. And you look back in hindsight and say, you know what? I blew it. And then she'll leave you with a smile. That is a real tearjerker to me. I mean, I think it's, it, you know, you get all excited. You feel good. And, you know, listen, guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's some of those women out there that is too fast for us. It's true. They're just, you know, some women that are as wild as the Tennessee wind, and you're just not going to be able to tame them. You just appreciate them when they blow through. All right, number 10. Let's see here. I've gotten confused here. Number 10 on the list is nobody in his right mind would have left you. That's number 10. I had that written down twice, so I apologize. That's number 10 on the list. Nobody in his right mind would have left you. Number 9 great song makes you think about uh you know childhood love it's check yes or no and some people are saying steve how's that number nine well you know i i I could i could argue that this one could be higher on the list but uh there's so many great ones with george Strait. you know i i think you could probably have 40 different songs in the top 10 and people would say yeah that's right number eight one of those songs man you know i've got two boys in my life and i got i got two girls and uh I've always felt like that uh, I'm a firm believer in the same-sex parent 
is uh, is probably the most influential influence in a young person's life. And uh, I, I take that responsibility with my sons very, very seriously. I always have. But it's love without end, amen. Because fathers have a love for their sons without end. And I know it's the same thing with mothers and daughters. I, I do. And I love my daughters with all that I have. But it's just a little bit different. It is. Number seven, and at one time this was my favorite George Strait song of all time. It tells a wonderful story. And, you know, it's told in conversation. It's the song, The Chair. Because, excuse me, I think you've got my chair. And it was really a line, right? It was just a chance to go talk to her. The next thing you know, they're dancing, having a good time. I don't know the name of the band, but they're good. And then at the end, he confesses, I got to let you know that wasn't my chair after all. And it's great, George. You got game, brother. You got game. And you inspired the rest of us that didn't have game to maybe up their game a little bit. The chair is great. Number six, oceanfront property in Arizona. That doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying. But it's again, it's one of those feel-good songs good driving song too you put it on it makes you feel good about life number five this is probably higher on my list than it would be for most people this was also a number one but i remember i heard this so i, I used to work for Meyer's furniture and i was out on the you know I would, I would go out and help open new stores and that sort of stuff and um so i spent a lot of time in lake charles and in beaumont and orange texas and paris texas and longview texas and tower texas and I uh, got a chance to go to the famous Longhorn. You know, that's in Footloose. If you hadn't been, you got to go. It's Longhorn right there across the uh, the state line there at Louisiana and uh, Texas. But I've spent a lot of time there and had a great time. And when I was that during that time of my life, this George Strait song, uh, Blue Clear Sky, was fresh. Here she comes walking, talking true love. It's, it's, I love the song, and it, cause it takes me back to a simpler time in life. I had a good time. I get to know those Texans, and I've not spent a lot of time in Texas, and um, you know, found that you know, really a lot of their value system out there in East Texas is kind of similar to what we have here. And so, that song takes me back. And I think when we get to the final four here, I think most people would agree these are the final four, but maybe not quite sure of the same order. Number four is Amarillo by Morning, up from San Antonio. You know it's a classic song. I mean, even if you're not a country music fan, you know these George Strait songs, and especially that one. That's the thing about George Strait, too, is he sings about American places, whether it be Cheyenne, Wyoming, or Amarillo, Texas. I mean, there's all these places, Fort Worth. I mean, he, he always finds a way to get these great songs about cities. It makes everybody feel like, hey, this is our song. These are singing about us. Number three carrying your love with me and that's what i do i carry your love with me wherever i go it's a great song it's a it's a great love song and there's a lot of lovers lament in a george Strait catalog but this is just a straightforward love song it's a great one number two another great love song but uh, not in the same vein it's write this down take a little note i like how that one's kind of in your face a little bit you know it's a little bit pithy for george but number one, and I, I don't know if you could really argue against this one, but it's all my exes live in Texas. It is a very, very clever song, and not just because of the rhyming scheme, but if you go back and just listen how the viol- I mean, the fiddle, excuse me, the fiddle, had all this kind of works in harmony together, it, it is a near-perfect song. It's a great sentiment. It's, uh, it's so funny, you know, because it's like, you know, 
we've all got these exes that, uh, you know, we don't want to be around. Therefore, we reside in Tennessee. You know, uh, it's such a cute and clever song. So I admire George Strait, the songwriter, and I really admire George Strait as an artist. And it's like the guy never ages either. You know, I think it's a sign of good living. But uh, so there you go for all of our country music fans listening to Boneyard. There is your top ten list, and we'll we'll do one here uh, down the road. Maybe we'll do Waylon Jennings one day. I'm a big Waylon Jennings fan. Maybe we'll do that one down the stretch. But uh, not going to be a lot of uh, bro country on the show, even though, again, I respect everybody out there on the grind making money, making music. But uh, I think George Strait has been an absolute treasure for America. I mean, mean, really, I I think his music kind of transcends the genre while he is true to country music. I, I think everybody... And that enjoys music of any kind says, you know what, that George Strait guy is legit. And he absolutely is. So there you go. There you go. Campus Bookmart, they're also legit. Matter of fact, I heard from Miss Kathy Brown uh, late yesterday. We're already making plans for book signings next year. Because the grind never stops, man. I mean, it, it just never, it never stops. And what happens is my calendar will fill up around the holidays and you know, people are scrambling, hey, when can we get you here? And uh, enjoy being able to take care of our local vendors one of which Campus Bookmart is one. Stand a man, Miss Kathy, the lovely, talented Susie, everybody up there will treat you like family. Listen, I've had some testimonials on recently on Twitter. I'd got to listen, Steve, I'd, I'd never been before. I had never been to Campus Bookmart before, and I'm so glad that I did because you're absolutely right. They've got absolutely everything, and they do. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, listen, there's not a lot of people doing a good job when it comes to Mississippi State merchandising, but you're going to find everything you need right there at Campus Bookmark. As I've told you guys before, these people aren't just peddling Mississippi State apparel. These people are Mississippi State Bulldog people. And I believe in doing business with Bulldogs whenever I can. So if you can't make it to town, let me encourage you to visit them at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. All right, let's get to this uh, Tulsa defense now. Oh, real quickly before we get into that, one of the things that I think is interesting too, Tulsa as a team has had three touchbacks. Three touchbacks as kickers. That's it. They've kicked off 43 times. And had three touchbacks. That's that's interesting to me. You know, does that mean that we have an opportunity to run one back? Does that mean we have an opportunity to make a play, or are they just really good at covering kicks? And so they they don't want to kick in the end zone. They want to pin you back deep. But they've got three touchbacks. It, that's just it's it's fascinating to me that a guy a team can play you know eight ball games and only have three touchbacks and forty three kicks uh, averaging 55.9 yards per kick interesting interesting their opponents 19 touchbacks Tulsa's had as many kicks go out of bounds as they've had go in the end zone three and I don't know if that means anything on Thursday but I just found that interesting that they have not been a team you know, we, Brandon Ruiz he does it with such regularity we almost take it for granted but Tulsa, that's just not a weapon they have. Punting-wise, pretty decent. Uh, Lake, Lakeland Wilson, 43.1 yards per punt. 39 punts, a 75-yarder long, and uh, three touchbacks, 13 inside the 20. He's got nine of 50-plus. How cool is that? 
So this is a guy when they're backed up, he can kind of flip the field on you. 14 fair catches. Hadn't had a ton of returns for sure. All right, so let's look at um, this defensive stuff. Just thought I would throw that in. I mean, you know, this is a, we're a full-service show here, so you just never know what you're going to get. But I just found in my research in their numbers that that kickoff number was just kind of interesting to me. All right, look at the defense here. You, you know that Zayvon Collins is not there. I mean, that, that's been in the papers ever since he opted out. Uh, listen, I wish him the best. I hope the Pittsburgh Steelers draft him and he has a Hall of Fame career and leads us to four Super Bowls. But uh, we're not going to see him. 33 tackles on the year, 11 and a half for a loss, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Four sacks, four interceptions, and uh, six passes defended. A couple quarterback hurries, too. So we won't have to deal with him, thank goodness. Uh, Kinder and Ray, this is the guy you're going to have to look out here. He is your leading tackler, 57 tackles, six passes defended. Uh, this is another guy you look at and say, okay, well, what's, what's the deal here? Well, you know, he's another one of those guys and get out and play. It's as simple as that. I mean, there are a lot of guys, people say, like people ask Steve, well, I don't understand, you know, how does the number one linebacker in America end up at Tulsa? Well, so people develop at different rates. That's the first thing you look at. Uh, Kendarian Ray is a redshirt sophomore safety, and he is their leading tackler. They, he is a box safety, so he is always near the action. Uh, he is not a guy that they just, you know, that plays, you know, two high safeties and you just kind of hope for the best that he can run somebody out of bounds. This is a guy that's very involved in their defense. They move him all over the field. Uh, he's a guy you're going to have to be very mindful of. Number 30, Justin Wright, also has uh, 54 tackles and, and then the one sack there. But, uh, again, very active and around the football. You know, and listen, some of these guys benefit from, you know, when Harris played, you know, and so – you know, there are going to be some plays that were made that won't be made because Zayvon's not – Zayvon Collins, excuse me, uh, is not in the mix there. And so, you know, what happens when you take the bell cow off a of defense? Somebody's got to step up and make those plays that he used to make. Uh, Justin Wright, where's number 30, a redshirt sophomore linebacker out of Abilene, Texas. And so 6'2", 234 pounds – and, again, a lot of this stuff is just kind of plugging and playing between the tackles. You know, you've got to get those guys out in space so they can make them defend the full expanses of the field. And so we'll see how things progress with them. But, again, a very active player there. Uh, looking pass rushing, you know, what I, one of the things that I've been told is uh, big number 90, I believe it's correct. Let me, let me double-check the roster here. I believe that's correct, number 90. He's a guy on the interior that uh, has some real potential. And if they drop eight, yeah, it's him, Jackson Player from Waco, Texas. Number 90, six foot, 290-pound defensive tackle. Not a lot of length there, but he's a guy that plays with a real low center of gravity. And so we'll kind of see what he does. But, uh, again, you play in the tackle, you're not going to wrap up, a, you know, rack up a ton of statistics but uh, he is a guy that has kind of, you know, had a pretty solid year despite that. Uh, 32 tackles for them, nine tackles for loss, which was second on the team behind Zayvon Collins, and then three sacks. And uh, five quarterback hurries, uh, arguably their best pass rusher that plays with a hand in the ground. So that's something you really got to watch there. And then Anthony Goodlow, number 94, is another one that uh, it kind of plays behind the line of scrimmage there 
and, and kind of make some things happen for them. It, um, it's one of those things when you watch this team, and there's not a lot of film out there. You can pull up a couple things on YouTube and kind of watch them. They don't just jump off the field athletically, but you don't see them get out of position. You know what I'm saying? They don't run themselves out of plays. They're there. You, know, you may run through them, or you may make a miss in space, but they, they typically play sound assignment-type football. They don't get upfield, and they don't uh, you know, fail to set the edge. They don't get out of position. They don't take bad angles. They do all the little things right. And that's when you're not especially talented, and that's not to say they're devoid of talent. They are talented, but they're not an SEC defense. But when you are going to face superior athletes, you got to break down and do the little things right. You can't do things like run yourself out of a play. You can't get caught having bad eye discipline. And that's what Mississippi State's going to try to do is kind of you know, get them wondering and thinking about what we do. And you heard Philip Montgomery talk about it, uh, about the Bulldog offense, is that, you know, you drop in the eight, eight-man coverage and they dink and dunk and move the chains, and then you get so – caught up in all that next thing you know somebody's up the seam and it's a big play you know or so they gash you on a crossing route and so that'll be awfully interesting to see you know how they plan the defense mississippi state i take in some of their comments they offered on monday that it is going to be a rush three drop eight and i just don't know uh if they have the, the defensive ends to really kind of pressure you with just three i think at some point they'll have to bring a linebacker in uh you know, to bring four and possibly at times bring some five. They do run that three-three-five alignment, and so there's always a linebacker around. And, and so I don't know if they have an Aaron Brule type out there, but uh, you know Aaron's a very proficient pass rusher for us. And so in that scheme, you can disguise some coverages and you can disguise some blitz packages. And so that's where Will Rogers has got to be really smart. We can't turn football over. This is going to be a very competitive game, and I think our fans need to kind of prepare for that. This is going to be a game that is probably going to go down to the fourth quarter. You know, we might get a lead, and all of a sudden they come back in the second half, but, you know, we're going to have to find a way to finish a ball game. We hadn't always been able to do that, of course, against Vanderbilt and Missouri when we had to go make a play, we did. But I see this as a similar type ball game. I, I, I don't think this is going to be a game, and I know a lot of our fans are thinking, oh, it's just Tulsa – we ought to be able to go blow those guys away. I think everybody on their roster this year probably thought, you know what, this is a chance for us to kind of turn things around. And then every team they played probably thought, you know what, this Tulsa team hadn't won many games at all the last few years. They got a lame duck coach. Uh, we'll just go run right through them. And I think Coach Mott and his guys have done a great job turning this thing around. And there's a lot of people now excited about the future of Golden Hurricane football. So I think it's pretty safe to say he'll be back for another season. But a lot of people, I think, have maybe taken them for granted. We can't afford to do that. You know, I don't think we're a good enough football team we can overlook anybody. And I think that we have learned so much in the past month that uh, we're going to be focused and ready to go. I've been told by a member of our coaching staff we've had a very spirited week of practice. The guys came back from the Christmas break, rejuvenated and refreshed and ready to go. Let's go finish the deal. And so that's what the hope is that we'll do. And kind of running down some, some final numbers here before we kind of move on from this. Um, we, we talk a little bit about special teams. You know, looking at the uh, you know, the return numbers here, uh, you know, for both teams, I think it's important to kind of look at here. Oh, it's just, you know, guess who? Zayvon Collins led the team with four interceptions. They only have six as a team. Six. 
So they're not a team that, that forces a lot of turnover. So we can't aid in that respect. We can't go out there and give them, uh, you know, any extra possessions because I, I just don't know if we're going to be able to come back from that sort of thing. Another thing that I stumbled upon, too, and if I remember correctly, they're the 16th pass defense in the country. Now, some of that's become because they played Navy and some other teams are kind of run-first offenses, but this is a team that's pretty stingy. Uh, they have only allowed 1,553 yards passing in eight games. That's less than 200 yards a game. That's it. I mean, that's, that, that, that's pretty stingy. Uh, allowing, what, 194 yards. They've only allowed nine passing touchdowns on the season. They have uh, outgained their opponents by over 500 yards, only allowing uh, 341 yards a game. That's interesting. All right, kick returns, we talked a little bit about that. You're going to have the opportunity to bring some things out against them. I told you the touchbacks aren't there. Tulsa has returned a kick just 13 times this year. Their opponents 32 times for 721 yards. Special teams, punt returns, right? We fair catch it a lot. There have been 12 returns against Tulsa this year for 198 yards. They've had 12 returns for 48 yards. So they don't look to be especially good in special teams. Those are the things you kind of look at in close ball games like this. Where, where can we make up some ground? Where can we make up some points? And I think some of that's going to be in special teams. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to score a non-offensive touchdown without our help. But if we can find a way to do that, uh, that's going to be pretty big too. Now, they do a good job of protecting the passer. Just 19 sacks generated by their pass rush. But they've allowed just 16, so that's two a game. That's two. And they've only allowed 17 touchdowns as a team. That's good defense. And I don't know that I don't know if they've got enough credit for that, how good they've been defensively. Now, some of that's going to be because of uh, Zavin, but he's not there. So we'll kind of see how things progress uh, with every bit of that. But that's a breakdown of Tulsa. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And, uh, again, I expect us to go win the football game, but I do think this is going to be one that everybody's going to be standing up in the fourth quarter walking around pacing like crazy. I think that's uh, I think it's that kind of ball game, but I think we're going to make the place to win the game. That's my honest opinion. If you're looking to relocate to the greater Starkville area, let me encourage you, just come on into Starkville, right? There's a brand-new development that's being built right now that uh, called Portico, and I think it will fit most of your needs. I think you'll be happy with the opportunities and the amenities that are available to you there. Uh, Portico is loaded just off Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and Chrysler Jeep dealership, just over a mile from campus. How cool is that? Easy access to 82 and 25, and there'll be 51 houses total in the development with 18 houses in the first phase that are approaching completion. There'll be 33 houses in the second phase that'll begin construction in just a few months. Houses will range in size from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bedroom, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion. Diamond Dog, Brooks Bryan's one of the developers. And uh, you guys know Brooks, and if you don't, you should. Brooks is a great guy and a great friend. Did some big things for Mississippi State baseball, part of some of our best teams. And uh, in the 90s there, went to Omaha twice. And Brooks, of course, uh, robbed a home run against the University of Washington to send us to the College World Series. You can ask Brooks about that and about Portico when you call him at 601-416-8075. That's 601-416-8075. How cool is that? All right, so let's talk a little recruiting here. Not a lot has changed since we spoke earlier in the week 
you know, we talked a little bit about Keeler, Matt Keeler out of uh, Coffeyville uh, Community College out there, offensive line prospect. If I had to call it today, I think he's going to Texas Tech. Texas Tech offered him a little bit before we did. They'd already had a relationship with him, kind of building towards that. You know, the whole question, too, is going to be about Matt Wells and the staff out there. Are those guys going to be around after next year? There are some people that want them gone now. Uh, to, and so, you know, Texas Tech is kind of selling the kid on, listen, we need help at left tackle. We think you can come in and help us. And, listen, if you're starting a true freshman at left tackle, it's probably not going to be a good year. Okay, it's, it's very rare. There are very few that can come in directly out of JUCO or prep school or wherever and hold down a left tackle spot in the Power Five. And the guys that can are usually first-round draft picks. I don't think this kid has that kind of ability. I do think that he is a guy that's a little bit stiff. Uh, but uh, I like the length and the athleticism. And probably two years in a college weight program, I think you really have something with this guy. One of the challenges Mississippi State's got in this deal is that State's already signed five offensive linemen. And so if I'm, if I'm recruiting against Mississippi State, I'm going to say, hey, listen, uh, Matt, where are you going to play? You know, they've already signed a couple of JUCO guards, and they've got a couple of high school tackles, and they're going to put that Boone kid at center. So where are you going to play? Well, and this is a kid that prefers to play on the left side rather than the right side. And so I can say, well, you know, listen, you know, they've already signed a full f- offensive line right here. So where do you factor into their, their plans when, you know, we see you as our future left tackle? Uh, those are the kinds of things that happen in recruiting. That's part of the gig. It's about creating confusion in the mind of prospects, you know, because you, you, you certainly want to sell your school. And, but when it gets down to it late in the end of the, of, at the, end of the process, you've you got to go get a kid. And if that means you got to say, you know what, those guys up there are probably going to get fired next year. Who's going to be coaching you? That's what you got to say. And there are some people to say, oh, we don't negative recruit. Well, you're kidding yourself. If you don't think that your, your college coaches negative recruit against other schools, then you need to get some other college coaches. That's part of the deal. People say, oh, well, that just shouldn't how it should be. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you told me for years a tooth fairy, the Easter Bunny, and Santa Claus is real too. You know, so let's not live the world through a Pollyannish lens here. Uh, you know, as long as you're not out there offering impermissible benefits, you know, I think all is fair in love and recruiting. You know, I, I think you go out there and you say what you got to say to get the best players to put you in a position to win and keep your job. That's what it's about. This is not the Boy Scouts. This is the Southeastern Conference. I think sometimes people lose that. It's like, well, you know, he's such a good kid. Let's give him a chance. And then he gets here and he can't play. And then he gets in a transfer portal and he leaves and he writes mean things about us on Twitter. And then we're like, oh, I can't believe he would say that to us. Well, he didn't belong here. If you can't play, you can't play. And if you can't compete in this league, you don't need to be here. I know it looks good in the paper when we write the human interest story and we tell all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, listen, you, you need bona fide killers in this league. I think sometimes people forget that. You, you, you go back, look at that 94 Jackie Sherrill team. Look at that 99-2000 Jackie Sherrill team. You go back and look at those monsters we had back then. There wasn't anybody, those guys weren't scared of anybody. And there were some people scared of them. And that's one of the things that I ask you right now. When you look at this Mississippi State roster, is there anybody out there that really scares you? Is there anybody out there that you say, you know what, I'm really glad that guy's on my team because I want to play against him. It's not to say that we don't have some good players, but do we have guys that have an edge? Do we have guys that really carry themselves like, you know what, you better not be a little bit lazy around the pile before the whistle blows because I'm going to come clean you up. You know what I'm saying? 
Do we have anybody like that? I think I think we got some guys on the offensive line that may be developing some of that. I think we've got some linebackers. I mean, I, listen, Aaron Brulee kind of makes me a little bit nervous if I'm playing against Mississippi State because I never know where he's coming from. I don't know if he's coming. I don't know if he's dropping in coverage. But I do know this: whenever he gets there, he's going to hit me. And so one of the things that we have to do is we have to convey an expectation. Number one, you're going to work hard when you get here, but you're going to have to play harder than everybody else in the league. You're going to have to work harder than you've ever worked. You're going to have to play harder than you've ever had to play because the standards are going to be much different here than you're used to. And so if this kid decides, you know what, I would rather go to Texas Tech where they're basically promising me that I'm going to play left tackle. And I and listen – that may be the case, but it's not going to be this year. I don't care what they tell you, kid. It's not going to happen this year. And if it does, it's going to be a rough year. I heard J.B. Grimes told me one time, for every freshman you have to start on an offensive line, go ahead and pencil in a loss for every single one. So if you've got to start three freshmen, that's three losses right out of the gate on the schedule because you're going to lose a ball game because those kids just simply are not ready for the challenge it takes to play offensive line in the Power Five. They're just not. I've heard some positive things on Ty Cooper. It's one of those things, too. There was a lot of momentum for State pushing into the December signing, and we tried to get him to go ahead and sign. We did. Mississippi State pushed him. You know, they didn't threaten to pull his offer or anything like that. And, I was, and some of you feel like they should have, but that's not recruiting. It doesn't matter when you get him as long as you get him. And he had kind of let everybody know, late in November, I'm going to wait and sign in February. And then there was some discussion. You know, his mom really wanted the process to get over. She was kind of tired of having to deal with things. But ultimately, they let Ty decide. So, you know what, I'm going to wait and sign in February. I talked to him about that, and he said it really wasn't as stressful as some people made it out to be uh, on him. He does know that some people in his family are eager for the process to be over, but he was not. Uh, you know, just, he said there wasn't a lot of people pulling and pushing on him. And if, if, that, if he had pushed towards a December signing, that might have been the case. But I understand that he is in regular contact with the Mississippi State coaching staff. And a lot of people say, well, I don't think he wants to go to Mississippi State. Listen, there have been times I've felt that way too. You know, I have firmly believed throughout the process that Ty is going to end up being a Bulldog. But there have been some days I think to myself, if I just not read this right, am I missing something? But I think in the end he will be a Bulldog. I think that's what's going to happen. And there's some people out there that, listen, if they're not madly in love with you, people think, well, they don't really love us enough. You know, listen – you know, how, how many of you guys asked some girl out, you know, and uh, took her out on a date and she barely knew your name? You know, well, she didn't love you the first time. You, you kind of had to build a relationship there. You know, maybe you guys are better looking than me. I had to develop the ability to talk. I had to learn how to dance, right? Some of you guys were just so you know, cute in your polo shirts and your, uh, your acid wash jeans and that sort of stuff. You know, I, I had to develop some skills. And that's kind of how it is in recruiting. You know, we're not the prettiest. We don't have the nicest facilities. We have some great facilities. But there are people out there that have more money than us. There are people that have more tradition than us. So we have to have a little game. We've got to be able to talk a little trash in order to kind of land the guys we want to get. And sometimes that means we've got to wait a little while. And that's part of the gig, too. So we'll see what happens. Now, the next time we get together will be right after this bowl game. And that will be right before – the All-American Game presentation takes place on January 2nd on NBC. Uh, Deontay Anderson is announcing his decision then. I had some people contact me and say, hey, Steve, I don't know if that kid has signed. 
I am told he has already signed with his school of choice. He just simply hasn't announced it. He will announce that on January 2nd. The game is not going to be played. But they are going to profile the players that were selected, and then a handful of guys will announce their college decisions. And they, many of them have already signed and then withheld the news for NBC because NBC wants to have eyeballs on the presentation. You don't want to have a guys announcing their decisions when they've already signed and they've already gone public. And so that's the case with, with Deontay Anderson. I'm told he has already signed but he is holding the announcement to be a part of that presentation uh, with NBC. If, if he had already announced it, then they could just pull him. You know, they, just, they would just pull his little piece. There's no point in doing it because, you know, there's no drama involved. There's no uh, anxiety. There's, you know, it's just part of the deal. NBC and the producers of this All-American game, they want people watching because they want there to be some intrigue in these decisions. So, again, I'm told he has signed and that he will ultimately announce his decision. So that'll be – so we get back on Friday. We will talk about recapping the ball game, and then we'll kind of preview what's going to happen with Deontay Anderson. Uh, I, I fully expect him to be a Bulldog. But, uh, you know, we've been wrong before with all that. But uh, I don't think I am this time. So, again, uh, this – I'm wrapping this up just after midnight. So you late-night owls will probably have this and uh, be grateful for it. And it kind of makes up for me being late on Monday – but uh, we've had to cram basically a week's worth of work into three days. And I will be the uh, Lone Ranger from uh, Gene's Page at the bowl game. It's just one of those things, man, where life kind of caught us. You know, for Dave, it's like a 12-and-a-half-hour drive from Charlotte. Uh, Mike and Renee have uh, closed on their house since so they're having to pack up and move. Robbie's on vacation. And so it's just me. And so we've still got everybody, even our team back home, everybody's got writing assignments. We're going to have full coverage. They'll have access to post-game press conference. So we're going to blow it out. You're still going to have probably half a dozen stories of post-game. And so, and then hopefully the weather will, will permit me to come on back after the ball game on Thursday. If it doesn't, you know what, I'll just spend another night out there and uh, maybe I'll go out to Arlington and pay my respects to, uh, to Vinnie Paul and Don Bagdarrell. You know, I mean, that's just, uh, you know. And some of you were saying, what's he talking about? Well, if, if you know, you know. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there. I love these bowl games. I love the chance that we get another chance to play another one, not just to extend the streak. Well, and that's cool to brag about. You know, we kind of get there by default this year. But our kids needed another ball game. They need if, – if, that's the thing. If they beat Missouri the way they did and then go out there and beat Tulsa, you're really in the year on a high note, and people are really bought in, believing in what you got going on. And then some of the final fence setters, and there's still a few of them out there, they have to make a decision. You know what? Maybe this thing's going in the right direction here. Let me jump on board, or let me get in the portal. But uh, we'll figure that out as we go. But uh, listen, I love each of you, and uh, if I don't get the opportunity to see you and hug your neck between now and then, I hope you have a happy new year. And uh, I look forward to being back with you on New Year's Day. And look for all of our coverage of the Armed Forces Bowl over on jeanspage.com. If, uh, if you haven't bought books, you should. Go to alphadogsbook.com. You can order all three books. You can get them personalized. Uh, matter of fact, I had to go buy, sign another case of uh, Alpha Dogs today because you guys keep buying them. And uh, I want to thank you for doing so. And then if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and you darn well should be, if you didn't get a Stark Villains hoodie you wanted, you can get it yourself. Go to StarkVillains.com. You can order today. They'll, they'll make it and ship it right out to you. They're not sitting around on a shelf just collecting dust. They're waiting for you to order. And uh, some of you guys have done a great job with every bit of that. So, again, uh, StarkVillains.com for Stark Villains gear. AlphaDogsTheBook.com to get all three of the books. And uh, have a couple more things coming here. 
going to have at least two offerings for you in 2021. How about that? I've been telling you I wasn't going to write a book, but I'm going to have two next year. I have the book of poetry, and i got another one I can't really talk a lot about just yet, but uh, we'll share that information when we can. So you're going to have a couple things. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really excited about next year. I'm really, really excited about next year, both personally and professionally. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.